Welcome to the Popcorn Junkies. Welcome to the Popcorn Junkies. Here we Hi. are, here we are, cramming in some of our last films of 2022, really. Exactly. Uh, and I'm sort of wondering with each one that we cram in, are they going to make our top ten? Or they, are they going to be our, our sort worst. of disappointments of the year? Exactly. So we're doing Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, directed by Rianne, Ryan, Rianne Ryan Johnson. Uh, who obviously did uh, The Last Jedi and, and directed uh, Knives Out. He also did that film, what was that film with Bruce Willis? Do you remember where he travelled back with Looper? That That's was right. one of my, I liked that film a lot. I didn't mind it, but... A lot more than a lot of people. I'm going to say something contentious. Well, I don't even know if it is contentious. I just find there's... He's clearly a good director yeah. and he's clearly a good writer. Yeah. There's always just that vital killer aspect that's missing i felt from nearly all of his all of his films well those films i've seen um okay so this film stars obviously um daniel craig as uh, detective benoit blanc ben uh, you've got kate hudson in there you've got ed norton in there you've got Catherine hahn who's brilliant she's uh, she of wandavision obviously she's been in lots of other stuff but she's very, she's very very good i only know her from wandavision right yeah. yeah no she's a cracking actress um you've got obviously uh, dave batista in there madeline klein uh Janelle Monae uh, and lots of kind of cameos in a sense, yeah. lots of small parts. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. like Ethan Hawke sort of spraying Walks people in the back of the mouth. Yeah. yeah, sorts them out for COVID. Of course, we mustn't forget there's Leslie Odom Jr. in there too. Um, so this is a follow-up to Knives Out and you can't do a review of this without commenting on Knives Out, which we were doing just before turning over. And then I said to, said to Nanny Dye or my mother, I said, come on, Such we should talk about this. So what, what, what were your feelings about Knives Out? The first Yeah, film? well, let me just say first of all straight off the bat because i like murder mysteries i like them from the page from the originals which were agatha christie's let's face yeah. it detective stuff and what was his name Hercule Poirot. oh right you like all that death on the nile stuff yeah who i have to say i think daniel craig was channeling this was Hercule Poirot, yeah, absolutely right down to his belgian -ness. yeah without a sort of moustache but with a and cravat weirdness. yeah, yeah, yeah. weird dressing which i thought yeah. was wonderful I went to see the original Knives Out, full of promise, because it was an even bigger starrier cast in this Well, one, Anna de Armas was in there, Chris Evans, who plays yeah. Captain America, was in there, it was a, uh, and it was, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah, and it was more in the tradition of murder mysteries, Agatha Christie, Set and it, it was a family, it was mm. a family, and that's nearly always the case. Like or, Cluedo. Like Cluedo, mm. exactly. I know a lot of people liked... Um, Knives Out. Start thinking Knives Out, <laughs> first Knives Out, more than this one. But I went to see it thinking, well, I wasn't, I mean, I liked it, I liked it, but it wasn't my favourite film or anything like that. It was just all right. It was sort of one of those films that I thoroughly enjoyed sitting in the film, in the cinema, but forgot about as soon as I came out. Yeah, I mean, lots of people, when we did the review of Knives Out, were very, very vociferous, extremely outspoken about the fact that they thought I, we, whoever did the review, got it wrong. Uh, I didn't like it at all. I thought it was a huge no, disappointment. You, I don't think you ultimately like murder mystery no well i think i've said it before i mean i can't stand the hercule poirot stuff agatha christie stuff i find them and, and there was that see how they run recently yeah, wasn't it that, that i find them really high on structure and i'm always expecting the structure of the murder mystery to be more ornate than it ever it is, is so i'm yeah. expecting it to be more complex and we'll talk about that with this film um i find them a bit embarrassing <laughs> a bit conventional and they don't lend themselves particularly well to interesting cinematic experimentation, though in a weird way they should, because they're nibbling at the edges of horror, aren't they? Um, and so characterization always seems to be put on the back burner and people yeah. become sort of siphons for a certain type. So you have the wealthy type, you have the sort of, you know, slightly poorer type, yeah. you have the married couple. And so people become sort of archetypes 
rather than sort of complex characters that are all kind of so that's why you know in a, in a weird way a really contemporary version of a murder mystery was bodies 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 which i thought was a really clever twisted sort of was, you know who done it type good, thing yeah. so who done it yeah i'm not a fan of who done it i really wasn't a fan of knives out which made me very cautious about seeing this and i delayed and delayed didn't see it at the cinema and we watched it on netflix mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. i was exceptionally surprised as this got going yeah i thought the opening sequence with the box was brilliant yeah being and delivered I, I agree, I agree. I thought the beginning sequence I thought the beginning sequence was great and, and what I liked about it was he introduced all the characters not in an usual way. It's yes. a different way to, yeah, to I agree. the way most people do it. Um, it was sort of analogous to what was going to happen later because each person in the cast received a box mm. that was weird and twisted and they had to find I want one of those boxes. It. They're fantastic boxes they were fantastic. And puzzles to solve. And in that respect, that's if, you, if I hadn't known Ryan... Johnson. Johnson at all. From that first sequence, I'd have thought this is a really good director. Well, I thought it was brilliant. He, yeah. Why? Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's got to be good. He's very yeah, successful. No, but I mean, exactly. I thought he delivered really tight, really, you know, clever. It was whip smart. The cross cutting was really neat. You're right. It was a really different way of introducing yeah. a bunch of characters that yeah. were about to be thrust into a whodunit yeah. scenario. Yeah. And then, sort of having done that, we, we sort of get to all the all the um, players yeah. being on an island. Well, I thought before that you had so them all being taken to a boat, and I said to you, I said, isn't it funny how many films have come out this year about extremely wealthy people getting yeah. on boats and going to places where terrible things happen? And getting to them. their comeuppance. And yeah. in a way, this was exactly the same. It's another one. Yeah, yeah White yeah. Lotus is another one. It's one I forgot when we were reviewing uh, Triangle of Sadness. So yeah. it's a real theme this year. It's a it real is, theme. isn't it? it yes. Well, okay. So they all get on the boat. They all head to the island. We we meet Ed Norton for the first time. I had my struggle with. Edward Norton, who I'm, I'm a big fan of, I'm a huge fan. was that he was out Owen Wilsoning Owen Wilson, and I couldn't. Have, I was left movie. thinking I, I, I'd quite liked Owen Wilson to play this, but the problem with Owen is he carries so much almost slapstick with him that he wouldn't have been able to carry. Yeah, me. yeah. Um, and I like I liked Ed Norton. What did you think of him? As he he plays this sort of almost pseudo Elon Musk type billionaire tech guru. Yeah, um, it was invented basically a way to change the planet. Well, he's created it's a awful. fuel that's so dangerous it's going to blow everyone up, you know, just that amount. <laughs> so what did you think of him? Was well, I always like him, he's one of my favourite actors, but I have to say this, uh, not but very, very, very slightly cheesy in this. I, I think he does. I think he does serious brilliant, mm. but I'm not sure he does comedy quite mm, I think you're right, well. I think you're right. Um, and of course, he's the person that it all depends on. Pivots he's around. the person that's um, invited them all to. And it's important to say that he's invited them. So it's quite a neat a tool within a tool of a whodunit that he's invited them for a murder mystery. Yeah. So he's set up a murder mystery. Yeah. And Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel Craig. He's the only one that hasn't been invited. Which is the same theme as the menu. So he shouldn't be there oh. and he's got there because, well, we'll discover later in the film that he's yeah. been take, invited and allowed access there through one of the other characters. Yeah. Uh, and this subplot is kind of, it's not subplot, it's a key plot. So, you know, you've got Ed Norton, successful tech guru, invites all these people for an elaborate murder mystery game. Uh, and there's another woman uh, who was his... Partner, partner in a sense, yeah, you're right, in devising and coming up with uh, the tech sort of, what does he call it, disruptors, they're all disruptors, yeah. the disruptive tech that he originated, or the ideas behind his, his empire, but they've fallen out with each other, and so there's big time, conflict. Big yeah. Time. yeah, yeah. I mean, didn't she leave or threaten to take some of the other Yeah, yeah, absolutely, so there's conflict she... set up between those conflict, two characters. Because yeah, yeah. they all meet on the key, and they all sort of like fall on each other's necks, except, and this is a nice touch, yeah. guys. Is the the um, and apparently he finished filming it or started filming it when the uh, COVID thing was at its height. So they've all got masks, so they can't all kiss each other and they mm. want to kiss each other. Kate Hudson, who's the diva, 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 has got like a uh, a lace mask which would do no good yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Nice touch. Lots of nice little touches. 
Um, about wealth and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Andy was the Andy is the name of the character that he's um, the, the woman who. who oh, arrived. okay, yeah. okay. And they, but they're all. So I don't. I can't remember the way Ed Norton responds to her, but certainly all of those characters are sort of a bit shocked and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "Oh my goodness, yeah, she's yeah. here!" and "Oh my goodness, what's going to happen?" Yeah. So thereby establishing that there's a thing between conflict. Them. conflict. Um, what did you think of all the individual disruptors? All the individual yeah. disruptors. I, 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 you said before we watched it, oh, well, maybe Dave Bautista will be able to deliver a line. I mean, obviously he plays Drax and Guys of the Galaxy. I thought this was a great role for him. I thought he played it. It was, and also very funny. What he, he plays a sort of social plays, media influencer. Yeah, but also um, um, sort of toxic masculinity. Yeah, but yeah. What do you call it when it's women's? Um, men's rights. Men's rights, which as soon as you say it, or as soon as you realise it, yeah. is, no, it shouldn't be. I thought he was very comic. I mean, I thought they gave him the right amount. I thought he they was, did he give was him very the right funny. Amount, yeah. I thought Kate Hudson. I'm a big fan of Kate Hudson actually. I thought she was great as the kind of ditzy blonde, uh, you know, woman who's you know just makes mistakes and puts her foot in it all the time. Yeah. And is on the verge of getting cancelled and has been cancelled due to sort of you know. I thought she did just enough. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. No. I thought she was great. Uh, and then you had Catherine Hahn, who was the sort of governoress, or she yeah, had she you know did politics. She, she, yeah. she was good. I, I felt they could have given her a bit more comedy because she's a great comic actress. Yeah, and then was, you had she, she was worried all the way through it. Wasn't yeah, it? and then you had the character of, character of Leslie. I thought he was very good. I mean, I think some of the characters were. I, one of my issues with this film was I don't think it quite knew, and I think this is something that was a problem with Knives Out. It kind of didn't go as far as I felt it could have gone with the comedy. It kind of yeah. would start to go there. Like you had this sort of hippie guy kept wandering around in the back of shot. And, oh, which was hysterical. Which was hysterical, but... We never knew where he'd come from. No. We, we discovered that he's got his own room in this palatial thing yeah. at some point by accident. But he could be a famous pop star. He could be anybody. We're never told. Yeah. And that sort of thing was, was drop-dead funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one, of, I think one of my problems with the concept, entire concept, and I have to say, I'm going to say it now, I think this is a much, head and shoulders above the first one. I know a lot of people don't. I thought this was a much more entertaining... Um, stimulating um, murder mystery. I think it has problems at the end, which we'll discuss without mm. giving it too much of a spoiler. Mm. Um, but I, I take one of my problems with both these films and the franchise, because two more are being made. I think Netflix have paid a billion for the uh, rights to all of them. I know I, I, we differ on this, actually. I really think that what the script and the films for these films assumes mm. is that Daniel Craig's character is carrying a lot of the comedy. Yeah. And I don't think he's a natural fit for the comedy he's trying to deliver. Oh, that's interesting. His accent has come in for a lot of targeting online, and it's a Louisiana Louisiana uh, accent. It's supposed to be ambiguous that we don't know where he's from, and he doesn't it, know where he's no, from. No, but I never think it's good when I'm watching an actor, however good, with an accent where most of the time I'm worried he's going to go off. And there was a couple of points where he did. Oh, okay. And for me, that really distracts. I mean, I don't know why oh, okay. they've made him. I mean, obviously, it's a riff on Hercule Poirot. I think they should have just made him American or, or British or yeah. whatever. Just keep it close to what he is now. And I don't personally think that he is able to deliver the comedy. No. That I think they all think he is delivering. So I think what happens is they, they, they almost removed the comedy that was naturally happening with all the other characters yeah, and they focused yeah, maybe, it more on him. Maybe you're right, because there was something wrong with that. I agree with the fact that he was actually given the main comedic thing, wasn't yeah, yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had an awful lot to say. Yeah. And although I was enjoying him playing him, and I was not only enjoying him playing this character, this Matt, this balmy character who dresses mm. in the most ridiculous way and sort of wanders around, 
but I was sort of enjoying him enjoying it because we all know he was James Bond. I know what you mean. It's, it's a nice antidote, but you, you sort of think, wow, I mean, you know, this has got to be more than an elaborate yeah. indulgence of Daniel Craig being able to play yeah. someone else with a weird accent he can't quite pull off. No, okay, It's a huge okay. enterprise if it's just for that. And I think that, you know, I don't think this film is that. I thought for the first hour and 15 minutes, this was really good. I would say the same. I thought it was tight. I thought it was funny. I, I you know, it, was, it had me thinking. I liked the way in which the murder mystery concept was neutered in a, a in a sort of very funny way. I thought that was Daniel Craig's strongest moment in yeah. a sense. And all the important point here is all of the invi invitees or the guests, they're all beholden to Ed yes, Norton in, in some, some way. way or another. He's got he's got them by the short and curlies, exactly. and they're all having to deliver to him something because otherwise he'll ruin their careers, ruin their profiles, their reputations, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's a, another nice touch as to how and why any number of these people would potentially want to kill him in a sense yeah. and then the other issue I had with this film and I suppose what it was trying to do in the script and in the narrative was to emulate this glass onion analogy or metaphor which incidentally does come from John the John Lennon. Lennon song yeah exactly where he wanted to create something that people were trying to understand in fact James Joyce did that, that with Ulysses he, he was he, oh. there's evidence of him saying I want this to confuse academics for yeah, years to come yeah. And I think what this film was trying to go for was not that big whodunit reveal. Yeah. But for a slowly evolving sort of drip drip reveal yeah. of what had been happening. Well, also, and I'm thinking very carefully now, not giving anything away, but what this film does, which is very risky, mm. I think, in a murder mystery, mystery thing, it's got two climaxes. It's got halfway mm. through. And I think yes, I think right. that, that, that that is the point that you're saying you sort of started to fall out of love with mm. it after that. And I think you're right because I think it was I think it was a piece, written mm. as a piece up until that point. Mm. And then I'm not saying that the plot wasn't there that we get at the end. I mean that's necessary for us all to mm. come out of the cinema going, Oh um but it didn't sit very happily. Well, it, it neutered, we watched it with Maddie's boyfriend, Paddy, and like you said, it neutered that eureka moment. Yeah. And I think there's a danger that if you're going for this genre, you kind of need that eureka moment, even if there's a sort of slow evolution. So I think you're absolutely right. When we went to the subplot of the Andy character who set up the tech company. That's too long. Well, no, but when we went to that, it literally sagged. Yeah. It is sort of all that tension and all of the neatly constructed complexity of getting them all there. And I was thinking, right, they're all yeah. I was, they're all yeah. jostling for potential yeah. kind of. And then suddenly it was neutered. And I and, and, and I thought well, that was a shame. And I think in a weird way, this film fell foul of Rian Johnson in the writing, thinking I've got to give something more than the classic whodunit yeah. development. So we'll have that as one plot and then we'll have this. Yeah, but what like he, a, yeah, like a glass onion. Yeah. But what he actually had was one of the best whodunits I've seen. Yes. That had me invested and point. engaged to that point. And then we went off to this kind of, it was just a really curious sort of last 45 minutes. It was. And, and just to say this about about something that happens without giving anything away, because it's, it's not giving anything away of the plot, that there's a scene in the last 45 minutes. I didn't think this until afterwards, but at the time I was thinking, why am I feeling so, mm. well, bored at this point? Mm. Where everybody smashes all the glass sculptures and... Um, that went on for ages, didn't you think? Yeah, and I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. It went on for ages. And every time I thought, well, he's going to show us the last person because he's made his point, uh. it went on to another one. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the other thing about who done it is you're supposed to lay, you know, uh, what do they call MacGuffins or MacGuffins, whatever Hitchcock had, you MacGuffins. know, red herrings and all that, MacGuffins, that's right. You're, you're supposed to be thinking, fixating on that, but not. And, you know, there was the clever thing about words that weren't proper words that Ed Norton used. Yeah. And you were supposed to kind of be, you know, blind alleys and cul-de-sacs yeah. of thought and all that kind of stuff. And I, and yet it didn't quite deliver that for me. It, 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 for me, it just completely lost steam 
at the point that we went back in time. And yes, the device, for, without giving it away, the device means that we then see all of the action that's happened on the island from a different point of view. Literally. Literally. But that didn't add any jeopardy. I just felt, no, well, I know, I know what's going to happen jeopardy. here. But also, I wasn't quite sure. I mean, the first climax, which is what Mark's talking about, is, is um, uh, the Daniel Craig character, the detective, solving the plot, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a long speech, and it, and, yeah, um, it takes very us through funny. various things. And he it's wins an moment. iPad. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny moment. But I think somewhere along the line, the director sort of started... He, gave, he gives him too much with the assumption that we all find this... But that's my point, yes, and I think I in the point. shooting of it, it's, it's almost one of those dangerous things where the size of Daniel Craig's star power... Yeah. You know, the director's become enamoured with him. all the others, yes. Yeah, and completely. so he's enamoured with Daniel Craig, and I just think there's this assumption that he's delivering comedy in a way that he just isn't. I mean, in a sense, he's almost... You want him to almost go Inspector Clouseau more 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 like the pink panther because yeah if he was more ridiculous yeah you know him wandering into the pool which is in the trailer in his striped sort of suit yeah kind of funny but just in his lines his lines just weren't, weren't funny. funny enough no, they weren't funny no. enough exactly no. And I thought Kate Hudson was actually the funniest thing in him. Oh, did you? Yeah, I thought she delivered the best laughs. And, and Dave Batista, I thought he was, he was incredibly good. good. I yeah, thought he was yeah. brilliant. I mean, it's a twist on Drax because he plays a sort of vaguely incoherent hunk. Yeah. But I thought he played that well. I mean, I, I admired Rian, Rian, Rian Johnson. Rian Johnson's idea of trying to take something that's so classic yeah. with always the climax at the end, yeah. really, um, putting it in the middle and then replaying it. I thought that was a bold move. And I thought in many ways it was sort of if it hadn't quite been Daniel Craig um, doing it all, I think it might have been more successful. And, and I think you're right. There was that. There was that sequence, which then, uh, in terms of, a, I think a few of us sitting around watching it, it started to fall a bit flat. Mm. And then the other thing that fell flat for me, and it's, it takes up a huge amount of time, is the subplot of the fact that the the woman is the woman who was his partner isn't yeah. who we think she is, yeah, and she develops a relationship with Daniel Craig, and they're both. I in didn't it think together. she was a particularly good actress I, either. Well, I, I didn't think. I thought she was all right, given what she'd had. I thought to she say. was all right in the second incarnation. And the other thing I would just like to say, I think, in a weird way, you know, I love the term disruptor. These are all influence. You know, these people. He he describes his guests in a sense, his victims, his hostages, because he holds yeah, them all hostage, yeah. doesn't he? In a set, not the in, not literally. Comes from when they were at university. Yeah, the, the disruptors come from, yeah. and they were all doing things in their fields that was yeah. attempting to disrupt yeah. their fields. Yeah. Um, but in a weird way, Rian Johnson has tried to be the disruptor of the Who Done It. And in so doing that, has lost track of where he had, as I said before, he had the strongest setup. And I think he just let it, he didn't blow it, but he just let it trickle away. Yeah, and I think I would agree with that. Mm. I mean, I've always had, although I started off this review by saying, and it's true that I've always loved the murder mystery and Agatha Christie is the doyen of, of mm. I honestly think it's a genre and I've seen an awful lot of murder mysteries now from all sorts of various talented people. It's, I, I think, I think it's a, a genre in itself that does much better on the page mm, than, it do, than it does in um, in, fil in film language. And maybe much better on television. Yeah. It's quite a televisual format yeah. for me. I mean, I remember. Yeah, this might have. Sorry, this yeah. might have worked better if there were episodes. And a we, series gone, on Netflix, perhaps. Yeah, which I never think because I always think, oh, there's too many episodes. Yeah, absolutely. But... So let's sum up and score it. So for me, I would say that I much preferred it to the first film. I thought when this film was good, and it was good for the majority, it was excellent. Mm. I, I, I really liked it. I was made to rethink my prejudices about Rian Johnson. He can, he can do it. I think he has a, a like the Last Jedi. I think he struggles with the final act of his yeah. of his script. 
uh, and they lose almost all that energy and invention that has, that's gone before. I thought the supporting cast with the strongest element in this, the ensemble cast, mm -hmm. which is often the case, isn't it, with mm -hmm. a whodunit? Mm -hmm. Daniel Craig just doesn't do it for me, but but it, it, he sufficiently was, he held it sufficiently for me to be carried to that two thirds of the way through. I thought the denouement and the, and the sort of final drip, drip, drip sort of conclusion was a bit of a damp squib. It kind yeah. of, uh, it didn't surprise me. And, and I wasn't like, oh, there wasn't, there were literally, I mean, there was one oh moment, but that revolved around one of the other characters earlier. Um, around Dave Bautista, and, and that was it, really. But, you know, the rest of it, I didn't find... I, I almost didn't find it glass onion-y onion onion no, enough. I no. felt there could have been more layers, and I think he got trapped in this analogy of the layers and, and yeah. lost the, the point of an impactful ending. So I would give this... Mm, I'd give it 70 out of 100. Because two-thirds of it, I thought, was good. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I don't... Yeah. I, I like the look of it. Yeah, it does um, look nice. It does yeah, look it nice. Um, I think as a director, and I, I mean, I I was on my own a bit with Looper all those years ago because I... But Looper, I liked the first two thirds of it. Well, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, but I think maybe his, maybe his sort of forte is something stroke science fiction-y mm. that he can get his teeth into and then... Don't say that to Star Wars fans, they think no, he destroyed no. Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he did Star Wars. Yeah, he did Last Jedi, that's Star Wars. Oh, of course. Which oh, everyone, there's a that huge back. backlash. Back. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just thought some of the writing wasn't up to it. I thought some of the subplots, mainly the main subplot, just lost me, really. Yeah, yeah. It's a bold move in a murder mystery or in any type of mystery to take us back to before the things, before these mm. people meet. I mean, what sort of Kenneth Branagh and people do is they introduce it usually very, very small. You yeah, know, yeah, just, in bite-sized chunks. It's almost like a... A, yeah. a bit like they did badly in Bullet Train. Yeah. You'd go off on yeah, a sidebar for, yeah. for a brief Yeah, and you can moment, sort yeah. of understand why, because you try not to mm. interrupt the train. Mm. Um, but as Mark said, all the all the supporting cast were good and it worked. Their stories with yeah, that yeah, it was just yeah. the main girl that I felt it was. Yeah, yeah, good. I agree. So having said all that, now the score is a bit difficult because considering it's this sort of a film, genre film, it's a genre mm. film. Oh, I don't think I'd be that different to you, Mark. That much different. I'd probably give it. I'd give it seventy. I was going to mm. say sixty-five, but why? I'd give it seventy. As yeah, well. I think that's yeah. fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. And just one final shout out. I think it's incredibly clever of Rian Johnson to have the bell tolling every hour, and it's composed by Philip Glass, who obviously is the master of minimalism. And here you have Philip Glass distilled to even a more minimalist concept, yeah. which is one note. Yeah. I thought that was that was clever on many levels. I like yeah. that. And let's not forget the the direct inference that Benoit Blanc is gay with Hugh Grant's cameo oh, as his his lover, his his butler. I think his lover. I mean, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those of us that sort of were thinking yeah. gay in the seventies, but I thought by his, his yeah. time. I like that. that. That's a nice detail. And of course, Angela Lansbury in one of the Zoom calls, yeah. which was a, a nice reference out to yeah. Christine all that yeah, kind of stuff. Exactly. So yeah, there you go. I mean, I have to say, I was I was pleasantly surprised yeah. for the vast majority of this. Yeah. For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.